0: Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me, Bessie Maid Sarah, chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life, for attention. (laughs)
1: Series
0: three? <laughs> the crowd goes wild. I'm a bit disappointed. I did get a couple of people saying, Oh, when's season three coming out? But I thought it was going to be in droves.
1: No, me too. I thought we were going to be flooded.
0: I thought, I thought people gonna... were going to protest outside our houses. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I
1: going <laughs> to I thought I was going to have to cross a picket line to get here.
0: <laughs> I remember when I learned the term cross the picket line.
1: <laughs> was it last week?
0: It wasn't that long ago. So, used to work well where we used to work together at a students union yes and obviously university staff like to protest quite a lot what's the word strike (laughs) I'm all for it (laughs) but (laughs) we were in this meeting where there was obviously some big strike happening with the academics and I was just sitting there and they kept talking about crossing the picket line and I just never heard that as a phrase and can you imagine what it's there's no context so I just didn't know what the picket line was I was picturing a little fence and they're like, if if you don't want to cross the picket line you don't have to
1: yeah, I was like, you're gonna construct a tiny fence overnight
0: but I didn't I just didn't get it and I was like what what does that mean I don't have to cross a picket line if I don't want to so if I choose not to, what what does that mean in my lifetime? But it's <laughs> just gone too far, so I couldn't ask. But
1: I mean, they did actually hold out pole- scaffolding poles. Do you remember? You sort of had to do a limbo under them. Be like, I support you. <laughs> <In> a- <laughs> Are
0: you joking? Do
1: you not remember that?
0: Nah.
1: That was at Eastgate. Scaffolding
0: um, poles. That's a bit yeah. oh.
1: <laughs> Talking of strikes, there is gorgeous 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 strike happening in edinburgh right now
0: i read about it and i was gonna message you but i thought it might be a bit.
1: (laughs) my mum was like i wasn't gonna tell you because i didn't want to ruin your holiday i was like babe it's too late for that it's all over my social media so it's just a nice little bin strike happening
0: oh no (laughs) i saw the pics
1: it's horrendous because also it's the fringe so there's i think about half a million more people in the city center than there would be at any time it's not hot outside, but it's hot for Edinburgh. So there's just some nice steaming piles of trash everywhere <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Oh shit, how long has that been going on? I think we're on like day six or seven of, of eleven. Ooh. But okay. there was so there was talk of um because I'm part of like a Facebook community group, The Goss. Ooh, I the love that. <laughs> People love booting off on there. And they were like, I can't stand this any longer. Like some people like, I can't stand this any longer. Tomorrow I'm going out with my bin liners and I'm going to start cleaning our streets. And then those people are like, here, here. But then quite a lot of the comments are like, that is essentially crossing the picket line. You have to let the trash flow.
0: So that's a picket line as well. It's metaphorical. It's very metaphorical. A metaphorical picket line. I see. Oh, wow. No, that's terrible. We've had trains and and tubes, strikes. and. have. Yeah all of them yeah. but I mean
1: not quite hot fresh litter in the street last night I was walking to the shops like wading it feels like I'm a Victorian peasant <laughs> and I was wading through the litter and I almost got attacked by a seagull which is obviously mute- mutated because they're now eating incredible meals every night
0: oh yeah to
1: the size of a small child on sitting on top of a bin and as I walked past like, <laughs> in my face and I was like <laughs>
0: It feels a little bit apocalyptic, like everyone's on strike and inflation's at about 30 billion percent or something <laughs> like the average household bills are going to be 16,000. But I'm like, e- no, or what?
1: I, I just I like to pretend that I'm not the average household. I'm like, oh, well, not me. Um, also, what I will quickly say, last thing on the bin strike, it is fascinating, some of the stuff that people throw away. Ooh. Like I've seen so much random shit.
0: Like what? Have you got anything good?
1: I mean, multiple, multiple, multiple pairs of shoes that you wouldn't believe. Mm. Um, I don't know whether people just take them off to wade through the rubbish barefoot.
0: Um, (laughs) But what do you do with a pair um, of shoes when it's done? Can you donate your shoes?
1: You you throw them away, generally. Mm. But some of them are like looking charity shop conditioned, You know what I mean? I'm like, come on.
0: Nick them, steal them, sell them.
1: Well, I've got tiny, delicate baby feet, so I can't... um, my feet are like below average size
0: do you need a man to look after those feet Mm, i do
1: (laughs) what a flex i've got tiny feet
0: it is a flex it's the same (laughs) as it's the same flex as men being really tall
1: (gasps) fuck off is it
0: well yeah because when women are like i'm like a size two because it it's just the ultimate femininity isn't it tiny feet tiny hands oh my god look at my hands i love it when flirtations happen and <gasps>
1: and they're people, like me- yeah. measure hand sizes and they're
0: like oh my god
1: it's so much bigger than mine that's crazy yeah, yes that's I have found myself on that side of a conversation one too many times
0: <laughs> yes
1: oh, well bloody bloody hell Paul it's been oh. seven weeks I think it's you been said earlier.
0: well it's seven weeks since my holiday so I think it's probably been eight <gasps> and do you want to yeah. tell the listeners just how many books you've powered through in those eight weeks
1: it's actually a bit sickeningly impressive
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I know I couldn't believe it may
1: I know I just knew that you were going to read a lot so I thought I have to really one up here mm. I have read a grand total of drumroll please one book
0: <laughs> and it's the book <laughs> we're doing today <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, the... actually I do think that's a bit of a lie because I read that with a one but I can't remember if that was before we finished the podcast the Which really other one? bad one that we're not going to talk about the domestic abuse one.
0: Oh, did you read that one
1: yeah, because I said don't read it, Paul uh, and
0: then you read it. I read it, it was shite um, Yeah, so what we've learned This is season three now And every season, series Why am I so weird about that? It doesn't matter, they're synonyms
1: American
0: I know, but I love a good yank Oh, I've, I've, I've already done that and then isn't it slow um, So we always say let's stock up Like today we were going to record two episodes You know what Sarah, it's just never going to happen So let's just not do it
1: I was thinking about this. I really beat myself up about it, Paul, but mainly because I'm thinking of myself through your eyes. So if you can (laughs) just tell me right now that me being catastrophically unorganized Hmm. is never going to affect our friendship, I will not read with abandon.
0: I give you my word.
1: Oh, thank fuck for that. Because one of my friends said to me the other day, when is the next season starting series season whatever and I was like soon we're actually recording our book tomorrow and he's like our book our, our book and I was like well yeah I was meant to read multiple and I've read one and he's he like are you not worried that Paul's gonna dump you and get a new co-host
0: oh well I have been doing open auditions just to just in case okay. just in case it gets too much
1: no, that's fine. I've been opening opening auditions. For fuck, <laughs> I've had one drink and I am. <laughs> uh, I've been holding them as well.
0: Well, good luck with that. Bloody hell.
1: Not for not for the podcast, just Did for you...
0: new, like, new best friend. Did you get around to organising them? <laughs> uh, so we've both been on holiday, but mine was so long ago now. Uh, what's funny is what we're, we're laughing last night because all of my friends. We sort of laughed about how we were going on these basic bitch holidays and mm-hmm. not all of my friends but people at work especially go to lovely places like someone was in Antigua, someone went uh. to Jamaica, um, uh. my friend Charlotte, hi Charlotte, she's one of the ones who asked about the podcast is in Kefalonia and I thought she'd misspelled California really badly. <laughs> That was my first. It with a K. Like,
1: <laughs> it sounds like a brand of cookingware that can go in the oven.
0: Yeah. Uh, so she is there, and anyway, where and is people... that? Greece. Uh, duh. And people keep asking me, "Oh, how's your holiday? Where do you go again?" <laughs> and I've I've taken to saying, "The Canaries." So not specifying, just because oh, I, I, I can't... think it pulls I can't it back with a little this. bit, and then what?
1: I'm no, I've got the exact, the exact same story, yeah, the exact <laughs> same but story. This is the
0: funnier one, right? <laughs> so, because we had a family holiday, but me and Mike went to Gran Canary and then flew to Lanzarote. Well, first of all, oh bugger! Can you hear that? Wowzers! Yes,
1: okay.
0: They're just relentless. Um, so it was really funny because we did Gran Canaria and then we got a taxi to the airport. And the man was like, oh, are you up home then? We're like, no, we're going to Lanzarote. And he just looked at me like, why? Like, they're all the same. What? It was just really embarrassing. we got this tiny, basically like propeller plane called Canary Fly. <laughs> it was like a, a, a four-minute flight. <laughs> but Michael, is, Michael told people that he went island hopping. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Is he pissing himself? So he's laughing now, yeah, which is good because he's just in a mood with us so we're the ice now. He said I went island up and ran the canaries. <laughs> <laughs> because we're so embarrassed. But you know what? I'm just not that cultured. <laughs> I just like Brits abroad. And a full English, if I may. Oh, don't the exact
1: same has been happening to me so people have been going so where are you going on your holidays and I've just gone to Spain every single time Spain Spain, Spain. and it worked it's worked for the most part and then the few times that it's it, I've been questioned further they've gone well whereabouts and, I, and my answer every single time is oh, you know I don't actually know my friends book it I'm just such a follower I'll just find out on the day and then they're always like all right you fucking weirdo but cool <laughs> But then I was in the taxi on the way to the airport with my suitcase. in the back of the taxi driver went, where are you going? I went, Spain. And he went, whereabouts? And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to the airport. So if I don't know by now, I'm never going to fucking know. And I was like, um, um, and he was like, ah, it's a big place, Spain. Whereabouts are you going? And I was like, oh, fucking hell. And I went, the the (laughs) Balearics. He was like, so Ibiza. Oh, oh my
0: god! What's I was like,
1: pathetic? yeah, I literally, and then I made up a whole two-week trip. I was like, I think we're going there for a little while, and then we might be going to like Barcelona,
0: <laughs> Barcelona,
1: Madrid. I <laughs> try to try to make myself more cultural.
0: Hey, that is. Just... I was
1: like, no, I'm going to Ibiza again.
0: <laughs> Ibiza's Ibiza's not Ibiza's all right though, isn't it? I suppose no. To I'd... a
1: Scottish taxi driver, it means one thing and one thing only.
0: Yeah, and to be fair, if I was at work, I'd probably feel the same. there because people just. People just are much more cultured in that sense. They are. <laughs> but anyway, had a fab time. Uh, read, <sighs> read seven books on oh, holiday. Fucking bastard. I know. What a prick. I did it all for attention. All, all, all. And, and we stayed in the five-star resort, which I've never stayed in before in <gasps> Franklin area. And it had oh, nine shit. pools. I was like, that's too many.
1: Well, you've not got enough days in the week to do it. I
0: know. But Michael loved one because it was, you know what he's like. And no they kids. had... That's, yeah so the, there was a pool that was the the relax pool it was called and it had a image of a woman doing this like <gasps> Shh, and it meant you weren't supposed to be loud so it went there and then if anyone made a noise girl was like <sighs> like any noise if they just talk
1: like, like opened a can of coke
0: yeah he was like oh for god's sake um <laughs> so that was lovely but it was so long ago oh we've actually booked to go again to Gran Canaria <laughs>
1: i have you. What dates can I come?
0: It's in November. It's for Winter Pride.
1: Please can I come? Yeah. I can't say no because we're on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fine. Because I really, really, really need another holiday right now.
0: Well, that's exactly I what I thought.
1: I can't believe how good holidays are. I think that was the first holiday that I've been on. The, like Obviously, I went to Lisbon and that was a lovely city break. Mm-hmm. And then before that, it was... My doomed traveling trip, which was quite high stress, quite a lot of admin. Mm. I've not been on a holiday where my sole aim is to get pissed and then recover each day. For I don't think my entire life. And I've seen the fucking light. I've seen the light. I'm 27 oh. years old. Wayne Lineker to me, pre Ibiza was a creep. Post Ibiza, he's a god. Absolutely. I worship. I will worship legend. the of Wayne Lineker Yeah, I get it. I fully get it. And. I feel like one of those people now. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've been to Ibiza.
0: I know. Can I am I am actually jealous that, that that's the case. Although oh. there's talk about that next year, but there's absolutely no way I'd survive.
1: Well, I thought that, Paul. I was really, really worried. And then what happens is you're overcome by the spirit of Wayne Lineker the second you touch down on that tarmac and anything is possible. Would I but, be, though? Yeah, you, honestly, you just would. Because me, I'm a fragile little tiny child and I... I would say Ibiza definitely won, but it was only round one. Do you know what I mean?
0: Ooh, I love I that. go back. Um, I mean, I, that's all I've ever done, really, is just get pissed every day. But then I have had a few more going. Obviously, my honeymoon, which you all know about so very well, was a bit more like that. I hadn't been on a beach holiday in ages, but I've given into to holidays because my, Michael lives for holidays. And I feel like that's one of those things that you could say about anyone. But he actually does and I like them and I enjoy myself when I'm there but I have no interest in planning them which is still true yeah and all of that but I think it might have been America that changed us because I've never flown places I've never island hopped before so flying from place to place really enjoyed it and I just absolutely loved that holiday and then when we got home I said can we go again And Michael was like,
1: "Ah, that's it, it, Paul. You've caught what's known amongst us fellow island hoppers as the traveling (laughs) bug—the
0: canary bug.
1: You've got that. Sounds
0: awful. Canary (laughs) bug.
1: It sounds quite legit. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I bet that's a thing. Oh well, we're back. It's it's end of August now, coming out early September into the autumn. But my birthday. (gasps) Yes,
1: Caravan, caravan. And also." Our one year anniversary. How are we going to celebrate?
0: Well, we might even be. It'll be just after the caravan, so we can have like a caravan special.
1: Oh my god, can we? We haven't done that before, where we've managed to record.
0: I know it's not going to happen, but if at the very least we'll read a book about a caravan. There's got to be one.
1: Yeah, I think there's one called The Caravan.
0: Done. And we'll have caravan-themed drinks. Ooh, I'm already excited. Oh,
1: it's Uh, good to be back. It's It's very... It's good to be back on the podcast.
0: It is. It is indeed. I have missed it. Uh, So, the book, the first book of Series 1 is Gay Bar, Why We Went Out by Jeremy Atherton Lynn. Now, I read this on holiday, which was eight weeks ago, seven weeks ago. So, I've had to just give myself a little refresher.
1: Oh, have you? That's good, because... I finished it a week ago, but I went to Ibiza in that time.
0: So you've forgotten all books and all things. Uh, so I've added, I've, I've dog, what do they call it? Dog-eared some pages.
1: Oh, no, that's just when a book has been really loved.
0: No, no, babe.
1: I know it's when you, f- I know that it comes from when it's folded down, but you don't dog ah. it in two markets, just when it's proper loved, dog-eared and tattered.
0: Oh, I thought it was because it looked like a doggy when and you
1: I could be wrong.
0: Fold it down. But I've actually folded them up, folded them up so it's more like a what folds up?
1: Uh, a camping chair.
0: A, a camping chair? Or what about one of those people who can gurn where they can like eat <gasps> their own face?
1: Oh my god, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So or like a contortionist.
0: Yeah, so I've I've made the pages eat their own face. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I looked at them and yeah there's some some stuff I remember so anyway this is about the institution of the gay bar which has been a large large part of my life um it's I think it's what you would call creative nonfiction, but I don't know is it
1: Mm -hmm. anyway
0: it's real and it's written by this guy who's lived in London San Francisco LA he does talk about New York a bit as well Mm-hmm. And I was buzzing because I've been to all these places and I've been to gay bars in all these places. I'll, I'll, I'll read the blurb again.
1: Just quickly, he also visits Blackpool. Just need to put that on the map. Yes, Where you've he also does. Visited.
0: I've also visited and also visited gay bars. Yep. Propulsive music and euphoric crowds, drag queens and go-go dancers, strobe lights, dark rooms and glory halls. Gay bars have long been sites of joy and solidarity, sexual expression and activism. But around the world, they are closing blah 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 and also it was interesting because they talked about the joiners arms which has been doing this big fundraiser and they're trying to become the first UK queer run venue LGBT community, venue community, community venue, venue. Yeah. so they had shares bought a share I did and nice. I didn't think they were going to do it and then I think uh, Stephen Fry and Joe Lycett got behind it and now they've fucking smashed it i got an email today uh, raised 150 grand or something the guardian
1: as well did a little
0: yes the Ooh. guardian that's right and i feel very very responsible i think they couldn't have done it without my 25 quid um it really couldn't. i get a certificate apparently so Aww. oh and the drink is well the drink was supposed to be a vodka and coke which i have obviously sarah what do you have
1: a vodka lime lemon no a vodka like vodka lemon soda.
0: Jesus, she's mortal. <laughs> vodka lemon and soda.
1: Vodka lemon soda, and I just for the sake of it dashed a little bit of shambol um, in there.
0: Okay, so not even close. And the reason that I chose a vodka and coke is because I what
1: you've given me amnesty over my chaotic energy. You've you said at the start of this podcast is that amnesty is the wrong word you said know. i
0: don't really know what it means other than amnesty international
1: like well you, you give me a free pass essentially all right okay and you've given me a free pass about my the way that i am okay so less of that <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh
0: so the reason that i've chosen podcast <laughs> coke is because i distinctly remember the first time i went out to a gay bar actually when i was 16 and I don't think I'd given much thought about what how ha- what it- how to order drinks and what drinks to order, and, and that was just the first thing that always came out my mouth. Is like, I'll just have vodka and coke, mm-hmm. uh, which is by the way vile. Vodka and coke is pretty vile, mm-hmm. but nostalgic, all the same.
1: Mine was gin and tonic because I just thought that's what adults drank.
0: Well, absolutely, I couldn't have stomached a gin and tonic back then.
1: Yeah, it was hideous. That and- rhymed. Aww.
0: Stomach the gin and tonic. Do you say stomach or stomach?
1: No one says stomach. I do. Say that again. Stomach? No, you're lying.
0: I fucking do.
1: Say it normally. say so I've got a stomach ache. I've
0: got a stomach ache.
1: No you the point.
0: <laughs> swear to God. A stomach? I don't ah. know if it's Jodie or if it's just me. It's uh, just you. Anyway, so Sarah, mm. what did you think?
1: Mixed feelings, Paul. Mixed feelings. Okay. So at first, very pleasantly surprised because, as we all know, I'm not a huge fan of the old non-fiction.
0: Not a huge fan of gays.
1: <laughs> as we all know, I'm a raging homophobe. <laughs> and it opens with an incredibly steamy mm-hmm. uh, sexual encounter in a nightclub written very much in a fictionesque way. And I thought, oh, well, this was not what I was... Expecting. I thought it was going to be like, chapter one the gay bar, part one. like do, I just thought it was going to yeah. be like taking us through, which kind of did a bit, but it was very much a personal perspective of going out yeah. to gay bars across the globe, which, and I don't know, I'm going to have to ask your opinion on this later, but I don't know if I should enjoy anymore. Is that allowed for me as a straight cis hep woman?
0: I fucking straight hope so, straight because straight my whole, like my life would have been so different if none of my straight cis... Hep.
1: you don't you don't need the het bit on I oh, just it as well yeah
0: straight cis women friends didn't come was to gay bars I only had one gay friend I still do
1: okay thank god because I'm he also is. a
0: homophobe <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: so I was very very pleasantly surprised at the beginning and then I was in and I was like yeah this is fantastic and I do actually want to hear about these things but you kept saying because you'd finished it before I I think started it I'm not gonna lie you Definitely. were like all right <laughs> when he talks about the bits that happened in London it's so much more enjoyable because it's obviously recognizable and whatever mm-hmm. and I was like well I'm enjoying the bits about the places that I don't know and especially during times like periods before I was even born and how different it meant to be well yeah what it meant to be a gay man going out in where were some of the places like LA in I don't know the 70s yeah San Francisco in like the late 70s early 80s and stuff like that so I was like interested in that from the perspective of someone that just has absolutely no idea ever of what that would even be like but then you're absolutely right the second he started talking about going out in London and there's something so satisfying about reading the name of a bar that you've been inside of Mm. oh my god I was like yes I can fucking picture it and I really really enjoyed those bits yeah what I wasn't 100% certain on was first of all the length it really felt like it went on for a long long time I think it became maybe a bit monotonous um, and perhaps that was because he posits a lot of different opinions on things or a lot of different sides on things but then never really tells you what he thinks and I like somebody to just be like this is wrong and this is why and this is right and this is why so then I agree <laughs> but he was just like oh and then this thing happened uh but as a byproduct of that this thing happened and I'm like yeah but which one do you agree with <laughs> um <laughs> So I was a bit like, mm. and then that became very much the framework that he worked within. And I don't, I've just, I'm not well informed enough, obviously, on queer culture to have a say, but I was a tiny bit like, I understand that he's a gay man, but there's more to gay bars than gay men bars. I feel like. Is mentioned- that though? Well, no, no, but I'm not, I mean, societally, no, because mm. we can't handle that level of Disidentification, you can't be gay and a woman. Fuck no.
0: No, that's too far.
1: That's far too far. But I was a little bit like, is there no lesbian experience here? Or like any kind of other queer identifying experience? And I was like, and yeah, I'm not, I'm just not intelligent enough to ever think about these sorts with too much um depth or insight.
0: Mm. But there
1: was also a little bit of like the stuff about like racial tensions and the Some sometimes it read a tiny little bit misogynistic. Like especially towards the end. It was just a bit like drag queens are fine because they don't actually mimic women. By the way, if you're a straight woman and you go into a gay bar, fuck you. And it's like, well, I don't know what I don't understand any of that, but it felt a little bit there were some parts of it that felt a bit patronizing and I'm just not clever enough to understand the nuances of it. And therefore I just felt patronized.
0: So i wonder because you're reading reading it as a gay person obviously i feel as as a white gay man oh mm-hmm. he's not he's not even white is he as a gay man
1: no
0: yeah i feel like in on a lot of it yeah i wonder so i don't know what it feels like to read it as a straight woman obviously but i do i do i would challenge you there sarah i wonder if that's a bit of projection and i've got a quote that i think explains that yeah after i'll do that at the end oh, oh okay uh but no, I understand. And I've been doing a lot of reflecting on my gay bar experiences as an as a old, not as an old man, as a 30-year-old man. <laughs> uh, because I was incredibly lucky in some ways that I was able to go gay clubbing at 16. Met my first boyfriend on the first time I went out and didn't ever have to give a second thought to the fact that it might not be like this experience for all other, like other queer people. Gay yeah. bars are extremely male dominated yeah. and white dominated. And well, certainly were back then. So I've been thinking, oh, I didn't think of that. That was my privilege. And that's the thing, like in, a, in that, mm. if you take away queerness being a bad thing, because by definition, if you're in a gay bar in this, utopia space where that's not a bad thing then I am the most privileged like I've lost the thing that makes me not privileged so yeah I was you know I don't do you get my point
1: no 100% and it was I think it was probably the discomfort that I felt with it or the fact that I felt as though I wasn't allowed in not just to gay bars but to the book the book yeah yeah was I think the only reason that that was a sore spot was because it was telling the truth Mm -hmm. like there are some experiences that I don't have and I also don't really need to have but I was like
0: but I want it but I think you can and I really do uh but on the lesbian and other queer identities thing Mm -hmm. hopefully the joiner's arms is gonna yeah be great for this but there's one lesbian bar in Soho in the whole of yeah, no, I know like yeah. the whole of London and it's fucking tiny mm-hmm. so it's always and been... it's also
1: underground which feels like it's saying something that feels like a metaphor for something
0: yeah it's in this weird warehouse like I mean fabulous bar but
1: wait am I thinking of the right one you do go down the stairs yeah yeah minute.
0: you do yeah uh, but yeah, no, no. what's the most intimidating thing about him for me is that not only has he lived this extremely colored life where he has sex in all these bars and does all of these You know, things that you read about. Uh, But he's also extremely intelligent.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And also, he doesn't give a fuck. He says these things Uh, in the most blase way. And I'm like, no, if that was a night out for me that would be the one night out of the month that was that outrageous mm. and i'd speak about it for three years afterwards exclusively where he's like oh yeah one time i was at this bar in san francisco and uh, i was in the toilet and then this thing happened and then anyway i was in this bar in london and it kind of reminded me of that experience and i was like no no, no wait you can't just gloss over these things because I, I, this yeah. can't be your life legit and you're just this fine like nonchalant about it mm. amp it up um also on top of being incredibly intelligent funny really fucking funny so funny there were some moments where I uh, like had to reread the line a few times because I was like surely not surely mm. all of these things
0: so what I loved about it was that not only was he just talking about these source pot experiences that are just so fun to read mm-hmm. he also gave a really comprehensive and incisive is that the right word history of of the gay bar as an institution and what that means and how it came about and the different places and how they're different I loved the part about San Francisco and having been there I loved I loved that picture because I'd been in those bars of the massive windows and the idea behind those windows yeah the idea behind the windows was so that instead of hiding in a gay bar which obviously happens in lots of them they wanted to make the windows big so that it was it was given the illusion of you can see what's happening in here you can see that it's not this nefarious mm-hmm. thing that you think it is um, and also
1: to give the chance of the people inside to look out yeah yeah and like reclaim a little bit of that yeah control
0: so loved all of that but the London stuff you uh, know the bit where we was. there's a chapter on oh, what's it even called the I feel like there's a hotel. The, in-
1: the- Adelphi. Apprentice, Adelf- no, Apprentice.
0: No. The Apprentice was a different chapter, but there's the Adelphi yeah. or Adelphi as a region. And I'd never heard of it called that before, but it's actually around the Strand where I work. And there's a gay bar there called Retro Bar. And it's like one of my favourite bars. And that's talked uh-huh. about in here. It used to be called something else. They named it Retro Bar. I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm a regular. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, it was the same with Shoreditch as well, because I used to live in Shoreditch. Yeah. In China, and he was just talking about all the places that I used to go out and I was like, oh, I didn't know any of this kind of shit was going down. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, when you'd have a history class, like a history lesson in high school, and then the Mm. teacher would go off on a huge tangent about their life and then somehow managed to loop it all back around to the point at the end. Mm -hmm. And you'd just be like, my mind's fucking blown. And I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life now. Mm -hmm. It was like getting a really comprehensive history of gay bars and queer spaces but told through personal experience, which just immediately makes everything so much more interesting and relatable in a sense. Cause that's what I was led in. I was like, I I just don't want to be like this pub opened in 1970 and then closed in 1971 because of homophobes, this bar opened instant, but it wasn't any of that. And also what was really interesting was how certain like legislations and laws were introduced, but then the byproduct of that would like, especially in, terms of gay liberation something Mm. would happen but then as a byproduct it would have actually quite a regressive and oppressive effect and how that manifested in openly gay spaces or also just the commentary on um policing and what the institution of police across the globe was quite damning wasn't it oh yeah i mean obviously it was going to be but it was um, he really didn't hold back. No, no, no. Oh, so it was the, one of them was the fact that because it had been illegal to so you could be gay in an open space but you couldn't act gay, whatever that fucking means and it could be just like, a, a, what was he saying, like a limp wrist or like a frilly way of speaking or something like that and then you could just somehow be arrested and then the knock on effects of that was then that mean, that meant that even when that kind of law was repealed it was seen as like abhorrent or outrageous to be just affectionate in public and then um what does it say the term set by the state had become internalized so that comportment was treated as a matter of self-respect so then yeah it was like actually if you want to go to a gay bar and behave not even sexually but just be chatting to somebody just two men chatting to one another that was then somehow seen as like quite filthy and outrageous Mm -hmm. and how it had just been completely internalized by whole states and attitudes I don't know it sounds like a very obvious point to make now that I've just reread it but at the time I was like yeah of course it's just that constant reiteration of like I've been told this is a bad thing even Mm. though it is perfectly normal and now even though it's been re-legalized or not re-legalized but legalize I'm still going to just assume that something filthy and untoward is happening.
0: Yeah well it's the idea that policy constitutes the way people think and it's actually the opposite yeah. it's the way people think often constitutes policy and changing, see, yeah. changing a law doesn't immediately get rid of all of the crap that comes with it. Um, but no I thought like honestly I'm not joking when I say the institution of the gay bar has been so important in my life and is con- mm. and continues to be in one way or another, um, and I loved this kind of celebration of that, and it was so nostalgic. And I just don't know what I would have fucking done if I lived in, I think Dudley. I don't know. I don't even know where that is. And maybe it does Definitely. have a gay bar, but. The fact that I lived in Newcastle and I was near gay boss was just so important. This bit made us piss myself because he tells a story about, and it's quite serious, but well, is it? Talks about his friend. I'll just read it. So an acquaintance of mine, after an elegant company event, led a group of colleagues to JAY, the bar in Soho. (laughs) Standards had by that point resolutely lowered. While Mark generously ordered rounds, a thief observed him type in his pin, then lifted his card. At the bank the next morning, the teller told a rueful Mark that he would read out a list of purchases. Mark was to determine where his spending ceased and the perpetrator spree began. The teller looked at a screen which revealed the previous night's transactions from JAY. Okay, boomed the teller. Okay, so okay, boomed the teller. These are the purchases that were processed in that period, Mark nodded his head. 10.45pm 19.50, J-A-Y 11.10, 13 pounds, J-A-Y, 11.50, 37.50, J-A-Y, and it goes on like that, so and it's obviously about how he's mortified in this place, the exact same thing, except it wasn't public, but it was still hilarious, happened to Michael, so we were in London when I had first moved, in my halls, I distinctly remember it, I'll, no, he must have lost his wallet, and Or his card or something and he rang the bank and she did the exact same thing she was a Scottish woman I remember she was like okay so I'm just gonna have a look at the purchases from last night and she's like so £22 G-A-Y bar £23 G-A-Y bar £42 G-A-Y bar and then she went £16 G-A-Y late (laughs) (laughs) G-A-Y <laughs> <laughs> late. Michael's like, yep, yep, all me, all me, all me. So when he read that, when he wrote that, I was fucking pissed at myself because it was so funny.
1: I thought of I thought of when you had to get your mortgage. When
0: oh. you were getting
1: your mortgage, and you had to go back over all your transactions and rename them.
0: Oh hey my God. Well, and I also, I remember one time we we're signing the contract for a house when I was living with Anthony and I had to redact all of the, you know, that you was put, it. That's what I mean. you put a little, um, you know what it says what when you transfer money and it tells you to put a little reference but it, the reference stays the same which I don't understand so yeah you can't change it every time at, at this point anyway and my reference yeah, yeah, to yeah. Anthony was anal felch <laughs> so I had to <laughs> fucking go along and scribble out all these anal felches uh, uh, um, uh, what else have I what what else about dog aid?
1: it's just not the right word <laughs>
0: Uh, I think people write in and tell me if I'm using that right
1: no don't because he is right but I'm just enjoying the power trip
0: okay next one we go out to be gay we crave this when once again growing bored with the straight world I will announce to famous he calls his partner famous I want to be gay this weekend this carries an ineffable but precise connotation along the lines of white girl wasted aka like hun hun culture It means we don't want to, for example, attend a recital of minimalist composition. That's something we might otherwise do. I mean, I don't agree with that bit. I don't otherwise ever do that. Uh, But when we decide to be gay, we want to dance to Starships by Nicki Minaj and go downhill from there. On nights when we crave not dick, but ridiculousness, the bad taste and nostalgia, we head to a venue less sleazy, more cheesy, where every queen appears to believe their own hype. They invent tiny melodramas. Group conversation involves a lot of squawking in pursuit of a collective cackle. A gay bar can be a repository for all the extra that doesn't fit into other spaces. When a gay person remarks they're being a bad gay, it doesn't mean unethical, but they haven't been that they haven't been conforming to type. It means they've been a bad gay culturally, hence, I really should go out. I've been such a bad gay. <laughs> we pretend we go out as an obligation. Love that.
1: Look, highlighted the exact Did same passage
0: oh just fab and then the quote that I want to read to you oh I know I'm reading them all to you but (gasps) am I gonna be able to find it I don't know if I can find it but basically what oh no I need to find it it was about the when the woman stole his hat
1: oh no yeah I think I've got that highlighted actually because I was a bit like okay yeah (laughs) I was like oh that's me told yeah I've got it so read it out. So. Back in London a few weeks later, I screamed along until I lost my voice to a drag queen's rendition of Erasure's A Little Respect banger. At uh, the two brewers in South London, in a room full of gay men, it was as though our collective trauma was being exercised by the female impersonator and the synthesizers. A drag queen, a good drag queen, is not there to mock women, but to transcend the limitations of masculinity. A gay bar crowd, a good gay bar crowd, works the dance floor in a spirit of solidarity. Maybe I thought I'm a disco ball. I used to go out for attention. Well now I only want to catch the light of the scene and throw Glints back across the room. Earlier that night a woman demanded to borrow fame's straw hat as a prop she would wear for a quick gay bar selfie when famous sharply turned her request down she pleaded famous was triggered he happens to have an unhappy hat story her continued persistence was a minor maybe harmless incident but both of us found ourselves wanting to say an ally is there to join not conquer we aren't there to lend you props for a makeshift micro appropriation you can party with us but give us a little respect some things that are borrowed feel real Like the Sylvester anthem, how feeling real can be a good enough mode of facing reality. It would be a betrayal of gayness for me to stomp around like authenticity police. We've always troubled authenticity. Not to mention, Famous' straw hat was made in Morocco, hardly his native costume to to protect... He bought that signifier on Etsy. Still, he'll flinch if you try to take it off his head. Gays built a culture on the art of imitation. We formed an identity on the longing embedded in feeling real, on embracing that feeling and refusing to accept realness as it's been constructed for us. That longing may be, for me anyway, at the crux of being gay. Going to the gay bar has always been about the expectation, the titivating at the mirror beforehand. Gay is false hopes and pre-drinking. Gay is backstage. I'm all for non-gays coming along to this party. But those who want to feel gay should know something of the legacy of that feeling. It goes pretty deep.
0: Okay, so you've read, I think you've read that as like, shit, I need to watch what I'm doing. I've read that is don't, don't be the girl who steals the hat, but you've never been that girl. There's always yeah, no, that yeah. kind of shit, like hen parties and yeah. all of that. As long as you're not like that, fucking fine. And you're not.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And I, but I think the, what, the just that last line, that last, it goes pretty deep felt just a bit patronizing and I was like I'm not likening any experience to the other but also it goes pretty fucking deep to be a woman on a night out
0: but he's not talking to you he's talking to that prick who stole the hat
1: I am just you're projecting I'm being yeah I'm being defensive of women in general but I know I and I spot those women and I hate them as well so (laughs)
0: um where he lost us was Mm -hmm. the following and I felt personally offended here if a twink were to ask about my... <laughs> <laughs> ah. 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 <laughs> if a twink... I'm too old to be a twink, man. If I, if a twink were to ask about my first gay bar, I'd confess it may be a confabulation. I don't know what confabulation means. Should I just Google it? Do you know? I
1: think it's like a a. Con, a collection of memories
0: oh let's see if you're right
1: maybe like a coagulation (laughs)
0: like a (laughs) um it means to talk informally
1: yep let's move on to hold a
0: discussion to fill gaps in memory by fabrication all right
1: yes yes that's what i meant that's exactly what i meant
0: okay so don't do that i roll i fucking didn't i'd muse that i'm unsure so basically a twink's been like Tell us about your first gay bar. I'd muse that I'm unsure what qualifies as a gay bar. They were never one thing, but whichever it was, the ex-gay bar, gossipy coffee house, past its glory nightclub, I can testify it was disappointing. I'm like, sorry. Gradually, I learned to give in to the experience for what it is, tacky but effervescent, artificial cutthroat cringe in italics. I discovered that gay bars are about potentiality, not resolution. Gay bars are not about arriving. The best ones are always a departure and i was like hold on a second (laughs) like i get it i I thought he was just nearly that was a bit patronizing i thought he was he was saying like he's not letting himself enjoy the we all know they're tacky and cringe but i fucking love it and i have no qualms about the fact that i love it it's not it's not a confabulation as much as much as anything else in life is a confabulation like I love gay bars for exactly what they are and Mm -hmm. walking through the doors of a gay bar has never I can't say it's never been a disappointment that would be like but it's not if someone asked if a twink asked me I'd be like you know what babe you're too healthy you need to go to a gay bar five nights a week for three years
1: and it's not because that's there's not this elusive perfect gay bar that exists that's what he almost it felt like he sometimes alluded to where he Mm -hmm. was like I know that I go to all of these places and I I know that there's this elite gay bar somewhere that exists mm. that we're all trying to replicate and the further it gets away from the original the more tacky it becomes and like mm. it's like well no that's not it the gay bars are gay bars and they're fabulous they're for that so, very fucking reason why we yeah. go on holidays to Gran Canaria, Lanzarote and I imagine Ibiza. if they weren't tacky oh I actually had a very classy holiday but
0: mm, me too mm-hmm. um right thank you jeremy atherton Lynn. he actually gave us a nice retweet when i said we were doing this
1: really yeah lovely do we have a twitter account
0: oh that's not what i meant what's the instagram equivalent oh right (laughs) a repost um
1: yeah repost did he
0: yeah now you feel uh, guilty, don't you? Uh,
1: yes,
0: I do. <laughs> Sorry, We won't tag him in this. No, mm. I absolutely loved it. I've recommended it to loads. I've given it to Anthony. Oh, he's backtracking. He's
1: backtracking. No, I'm no, joking. I'm I joking. Ju- I just, loved it as
0: well. I just can't believe that he was disappointed by all the gay bars. I thought the whole I point know. was that he loved them. Uh, I
1: know. Thanks, I just don't Jez. Don't oh, okay. <laughs> thanks, Jez. <laughs>
0: So need to be done by half seven because Michael's got dinner on. So oh, obviously out. we can't talk about everything that's happened in the last seven weeks. But I do want to just talk about the imminent retirement of my hero, Yep, Serena Jamaica Williams. Oh, I knew it was coming and I have, well, us in the biz. And what I mean is some sort of tennis forum that I look on sometimes. Yes. thought she might last till next year but us Open which the qualifyings happening now it's two weeks two weeks and she will no longer be a tennis a professional tennis player oh. and I'm not gonna lie when I found out I welled up <laughs> at work
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. I
0: just I mean gay bars and Serena Williams are just that's like 85 percent of my like
1: reason for being
0: yeah and just my childhood and my adolescence and my life I just want to, I thought, what can I do? You know, when you're on holiday and you think, oh, my God, what I'm going to do is, like, start writing articles and stuff and then become really Uh famous for that. I had a similar thought when Serena Williams tried. I was like, you know what, I'll sit on this for a few days, then I'll write a world-famous article. And then I probably went to a gay bar, so I didn't. So I just thought, this is my chance to just say a few words about Serena Williams. And I'll be very brief, but Mm -hmm. she means The fucking world to me and for lots of reasons and a lot of it is intertwined with being gay strong women powerful women who like revolutionize the world against all odds i'm just so drawn to and i think a lot of gay people are drawn to i remember in 2004 my mom went to the went to eldon square which is like a shopping center and it was the final with maria sharapova when she was 17
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and my mom said oh they asked me to enter a competition so I had to say if it was going to be Maria or Serena but... and I said Serena and then she lost that final and I was devastated and then she lost against her at the year-end championships in 2004 never lost her against her again she fucking and I just I remember sneaking downstairs in 2007 January Australian Open in the middle of the night because it was obviously time difference to watch first of all I watched Cameron Diaz and Justin Timberlake's reality show can you remember when they were together
1: Oh, my fucking God. Well, that's I mean, what I think the
0: world's forgotten about that.
1: They really uh, have. And
0: then I watched her destroy Maria Sharapova, 6261, I believe. And I've just followed her. the the narrative of Serena Williams and the way that the world hates her and the world loves her. And mm-hmm. now she's idolized. Just, and, and just the story of her and her sister and her dad who saw a tennis player get $40,000 check and said well I'm just going to make my daughters do that that's more than I earn in a full year and just was like I'll just train the best tennis players ever and fucking did she's so important so
1: get into my flat oh my god (gasps) one second apologies I know this is a really
0: no it's fine I'm scared now (laughs) oh there's a delivery
1: Yeah. Someone's trying to get into
0: my flat slash. Someone's trying to post me something.
1: It's 20 past seven.
0: Mm, That is true.
1: And it's a Friday fucking night. I was like, here we go. Anyway, (laughs) carry on, carry on, carry
0: on. No, all I'm saying is it's more than just for me, and I'm going to say it, it's more than me just supporting a football team and getting hooligan y about it. Mm -hmm. She has been a huge part of my life and so many other people's lives. And I fucking love that woman. And I really hope Olympia becomes the next Serena. Which I think she probably will. <laughs> yeah, I reckon so. Uh, but thank you, Serena Williams, for everything you've done for me. I'll oh. never forget
1: you. Oh she's not dead.
0: No, she's not dead. Although she nearly died twice, but anyway, I, I could I could go on.
1: Oh, have you read Citizen by Claudia Rankin?
0: I thought she'd written a book there. I was like, what? I'm supposed to be a true fan. Uh, no. <laughs>
1: I'm sure I recommended it to you ages ago. It's a like, long-form poetry piece, and there's a huge chapter of it that's on Serena Williams.
0: <gasps> Send us that shit.
1: I'll post you the book because it is beautiful. It's so beautiful. good. Uh,
0: so that was quite deep, but you've just reminded us of something I was thinking about before that I uh-huh. thought would be funny to tell on the podcast, is that I remember... Because I was thinking to myself, I think I've said this before, but I'm really... Really proud of myself because I don't get FOMO anymore. Like I uh-huh. don't get FOMO. I'm quite happy to be happy for everyone else, and I, d- I just don't get it. Mainly because I'm like usually there, <laughs> but I don't, I don't get it. It's fine. All right, legend. I don't get- no, like what I mean is I don't say no to an invite, but yeah. if I'm not there, fine. Have a good time. And I thought, oh, well done, Paul. You've grown up. then I remembered mm. the worst FOMO that I've ever mm. felt. <laughs> there was this bar in Newcastle. So this was pre gay bar times. Like I would have been 16, but probably just and people at school went to Poetry Live. Do you remember this? <laughs> so Poetry Live was like the GCSE syllabus and all the poets would tour the country and do Poetry Live for the GCSE kids. Obviously, probably would love it now. But at the time, Jesus Christ, did we want to be there? Uh, <laughs> loads of people brought vodka. I didn't because I was quite, still quite rule following and then afterwards everyone went over this bar and fucking hell we didn't have a pew between and there were serving people and I was just so terrified that oh my god what if we get caught what if we get caught so I left and got the metro home and on the metro home I got a text saying oh we've all been served it's amazing and Serena
1: Williams has just arrived
0: (laughs) yeah can you imagine I was nearly I was gonna be sick I, I've never felt anything like that. I was trying to oh I could not process this feeling that I now know is formal but it's the first time I'd ever had it to that degree so I was so stressed I thought what can, <laughs> what can I do and I just didn't I couldn't see I couldn't fucking I was sweating and then I got home and to combat the stress I wrote a poem <laughs>
1: please please find this
0: poem oh and... god i couldn't
1: please. i don't know
0: where the fuck but that was that was my way of, of getting over the phone i was like oh, i'm just gonna have to oh, i'm just gonna have to write a poem <laughs> bless us bless us oh
1: i can't remember the first time i got for man
0: oh god it was, i remember it's, it's it so a weekly well. occurrence uh you know what you know how i am a legend Oh, as in okay, do yeah. you know how I can tell you that I am a legend because you know how I've got this bit that I'm like a, pro- a rule follower which I do believe I am I'm not I'm not trying to lie about that but whenever I see my friend Stacy from school so she came to London with her son every time she reminds us of the fact she, she, I'll say I'm a rule follower and she's like are you fucking joking I'm like what do you mean and she's, she's what was the one she told us this time or remind us of, oh, she reminds us of this time when, you know how I'm like, I've never called in sick to work. I would never do that. Uh-huh. Remind us of this time when my parents had just divorced, I think, and my mom can sleep through atomic bombs. So my dad couldn't. So one of the upshots of them getting divorced was the fact that we could just be as loud as we fucking wanted and my mom would never wake up. So went on yeah. a night out, got home, went in my mom's wardrobe, dressed up in all of our clothes, went down to the kitchen, put the radio on and had a party like in our heels in the kitchen the next so stacy stayed at mine the next morning we both had work i had work at 10 30 which back then was the crack of dawn we were talking about this as well Ten thirty, my god so she started at 12 she says that she woke up and saw us leaving and then she shut her eyes for like what felt like five seconds and then opened them again and i was back in bed and she went why are you here and the reason I was there is because I went to work absolutely mortal, and they just were like, "You're mortal, go home,
1: go home."
0: That's legendary that is behavior. The least
1: poor web behavior I've ever heard.
0: But I think I'd you're gonna have to speak to Stacey because I think I've I think I've hoodwinked a lot of years. Uh,
1: yeah, maybe you fucking have.
0: But I was dead proud of that. I was like, "Yeah, I was drunk and got okay. turned home."
1: Get in, get in, and so drunk that you don't even remember it.
0: Nah, because I'm a fucking legend.
1: Legend. Oh well, what a return!
0: What a return! It's oh, I've missed you. I did feel, the first. I think we, we kind of got to a nice space where I mean, we're still. I checked, and we still text each other. The longest we went was two days. We still text each other almost every day. But I felt, no. I felt like I mean, we'd got divorced.
1: I did, Paul. I was really upset. I was like, he's over me. He's done he's doing finito because we felt tech, the same. generally it's like stream of consciousness, and mm. then when we're away, respectively. I thought we were going weeks without speaking to each other. No, nah,
0: two days. I think at I one couldn't...
1: point I had. I think I had to double check with you. I was like, "Are we still friends?" And like, you were like, "Oh good? my god, I missed you." I
0: know. I was like, "I don't that know was... what she's doing."
1: Well, you did because I know that you were watching my every move on Find My Friends.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I always do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, good to be back, back to normal.
1: Oh.
0: Um, do you want to tell her next week's book and drink?
1: I do. Yeah, next week's book is not what a age
0: yeah <laughs> oh. let
1: me just get it up
0: what a fun book
1: what a fun age eh um it's called such a fun age and it's by kylie reed drink not a thought that far ahead pull obviously we
0: love a kylie this is kylie number three i believe
1: fuck off is it i
0: think so no because
1: we've not done kylie Jenner yet
0: oh that's right kylie number two
1: um what should the drink be what's young such a funny what's fun something fun
0: well what's the funnest drink i feel like i usually i feel like i've thought about this before and i I know what it is but i've can't. done
1: quite a lot of really fun drinks so so fun i'm just the funnest
0: Um, michael what's a what's a fun drink drink? yeah because the book's called such a fun age what would you say was the funnest drink Is there such thing as a fun drink? Are you well, I'm going to have a great Friday night, aren't I? What that's all they are. He said, "Maybe something with an umbrella that spins." That spins.
1: So that is a. Have we done a Cosmo? Have we done a porn star?
0: Uh, He said. He said, "Oh, that's a good show." He said, "Skittles, where you put the skittles in."
1: Ah, <gasps> Skittle vodka. where you yeah. use it. Yeah. Okay, let's do some kind of Skittle vodka variation.
0: Yeah, I'm going to put lemonade in mine.
1: Oh, gorgeous. I'm mm. going to put mine with lime and soda. <laughs> mm.
0: Fabulous. We'll have to do that a couple of days before I'll text you.
1: Yes, please do. I and will. also remind me on the day and maybe an hour before.
0: <laughs> I will do, it. <laughs> Um Thanks to everyone who's been emailing. In. We've had loads of uh, recommendations now to the point where...
1: We're not going to do them.
0: <laughs> we have to be a bit discerning about them now, which I didn't expect.
1: Shall I check the emails if we had some good ones?
0: yeah well <laughs> it's more from sort of people okay know. no no no
1: cinema no no cinema no okay
0: okay okay um so yeah fantastic my manager texted us today saying what's the name of your podcast again because i'm gonna line some up for the holiday that was his actual words and... and you said
1: mind your fucking <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i told him and i am thinking oh god that is what how many episodes are in like 33 oh, there's Jesus. got to be something in there i don't want my manager here but yeah. you know what? He's he's a great guy. If you get this far, this will be interesting. Let's see how much he likes us.
1: Uh... You know what?
0: See if you get to season three, episode one. If you do, I want you to come to work and Ooh. say the word. What should I say the word? Toenail. Toenail. I want you to just start a one-to-one with me and just say toenail. And if it never comes. Well no. We'll know he won't.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, three
1: years down the line. Paul Tone. Well you that, that might happen.
0: Oh no, I remember. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> oh Sarah, I do love you.
1: I love you, Paul. I wish I was there. I wish you were here. I wish we were about to go out to a gay bar. Ah,
0: oh, definitely the gay bar. Gay, gay bar. bar. Gay How gay often did you do that bar. when you read the book?
1: Yeah, every two seconds. Yeah,
0: me too. That was the whole time. Gay bay bay
1: Oh, I think I'm quite ready to go out.
0: <laughs> me too. Let's get to up the gay Right. Love you. See you next week, everybody. Reading for attention at gmail.com. <laughs> Love you bye. Love you, bye. bye.